wearing these, Julio, in today's episode, um, in order to channel um, the inner Bash Brothers um, for this team. Um, for the listeners on podcast, I'm wearing these very retro 80s sunglasses. They have thunderbolts on the side. Pretty cool. Um, because whatever the fuck we're doing, we can't seem to bring runs home. And back in the Bash Brothers era, that was not an issue. So, yeah, that's why I'm wearing these. Hopefully we can hit some homers with some guys on base. Yeah! Dinkers! That's all you got? That's all you got for me? Uh, look, I... I... It sucks. We're going to get into it more, but... Yeah. You, you think your sunglasses are cool? Oh, no, I think they're great, except they just sort of remind me of, uh, I was at a wedding this past weekend, and uh, it was, which was a hell of a great time up in the mountains of Pinecrest, but uh, one of the guys there, who, uh, quick tangent story, I'll take like two minutes tops, I I knew it wasn't going to be a- Don't take two minutes, make it one. Right, cool, and go. I knew it was going to be not a super formal wedding, so I just had a short sleeve dress shirt and some slacks, Mm. cool, this is my outfit. I took the cleaners- brought it home all that stuff we get there friday night and realize oh shit i forgot them so all i had was jeans uh, a button up hawaiian shirt i still had my dress shoes and i had a bomber jacket and i'm like i'm like and then when he's like oh you're you're going super informal yada 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 and i'm like look i know i'm looking formal it's not, not i'm fine with that but the person whose wedding it was for is from vacaville i'm like i know the expectations and I was right. One dude had their same sunglasses. He had a nice, like, Jerry Curl mullet thing going on. It was a fucking killer look. But it just reminded me of that man. There you go. Good. A shout out to that man, whoever you are. Uh, from, he, he was from Chico. Yeah, it's a killer that cowboy makes, boots. Oh, my God. That cowboy makes so boots, much sense. And he had a belt. And, I'm like, and I went up to the end of the night. I'm like, hey, man, I'm digging your look. I'm like, that's a kick-ass look. Uh, no, I actually have these because I'm going to a bachelor party this weekend, and I'm just if we have a pool party day, I'm going to just rock the fuck out of these. Anyway, welcome to the Town Tailgates Podcast. I'm Chris Madrigal. That's Julio Reynoso. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, Chris is the guy with the dope-ass sunglasses. Um, we are powered by Around the Diamond Podcast Network. Check out their stuff. Um, check out our stuff at Town Tailgate on Twitter. Um, all right, Julio. Let's hop into it. Um, some, uh, oh, we're going to have a special guest later in this episode. Um, you, uh, he's not that special. Just kidding. Uh, host of the, he's a great uh, young man. We love, we love Robbie. Uh, he's been on here quite a few times. Uh, host of the, uh, four train savages, uh, podcast, the Yankees podcast. He's going to come on second half of the, of the episode to, um, break down the matchup that we have this weekend, the big series, um, big for them, big for us, because we need to get back into the playoff hunt and they need to stay in the playoff hunt because it's a tight race for the wild card. So we're going to talk about all that, talk about this Yankees team, what to expect, um, all that jazz. Um, let's jump into it. The big three, our biggest, our number one, uh, of the big three story this week, probably sh- if this was, if this happened 15 years ago, would have been like the biggest story in all of sports. But because we live in a modern era where baseball is probably the number – it's the number three sport in the country. It's potentially number four. Um, and football trumps everything. Uh, Miguel Cabrera hit the 500 home run mark um, this past week. First Venezuelan-born player 
to hit 500 home runs. Second international player behind the cheater, Sammy Sosa. So you can think what you want about that. Um, but amazing feat. Miguel Cabrera. Hold on. Time kind of fell out. There is more than Sammy Sosa. It's Sammy Sosa, Manny Ramirez. Oh, Manny Ramirez. David yeah, Ortiz, yeah, yeah, yeah. Rafael Pomero, Pujols. But to kind of go to your point, there were all cheaters besides Pujols. <laughs> Touche. Um, yeah, sorry. I just really wanted to get it in this point, so I got too excited and sorry, broke my, past my, it. But my, now you uh, completely broke, killed yeah, all of its momentum, point. so thank you for that. Good job. Um, uh, Miguel Cabrera really fell out of the spotlight in the past, like, five or six years. It feels like it feels like to me only yesterday was, like, the 2012, 2013, 2014 run they had where he was, like, the MVP of baseball for that couple of years. And, like, before Trout came around, the best player in baseball won the Triple Crown. And then it just like a, f- a vast fall off. It's probably because the Tigers got shitty and they started trading away everybody. But it's also, I think, because of the injuries. Like, if you look at his stats, he's had really good seasons the past, like, three seasons. Yeah, it, I think it was, yeah, the Tigers not being a good team is probably a big reason why we're not really talking about him. But he just, he just got older, man. Um, he I think this last offseason, he actually kind of trimmed down on weight and – He's played. He hasn't been great this season by any means, but he's been solid. I think he's probably been a better player over the last three years than Albert Pujols has. That's for sure. I and mean, Albert Pujols, Pujols got DFA'd. I think that explains yeah. it all right there. But honestly, uh, awesome. I, I tweeted this when it happened from our account, which was like eight years ago. I hated Miguel Cabrera because like that mm-hmm. was that was our number one rival was those Tigers teams. But I think as times pass, I'm like I love Matt, I love Miggy. Miggy's been like so tight thinking back to those 2003 marlins team when he was just a rookie and they helped win the world series that year he had some really fantastic years with the marlins so it's just great and you know i know you said if this was 14 years ago but the biggest story but i think still and even though the home run records have been tainted a little bit because of the history of cheaters all these guys we just named off and more I think it's still an amazing accomplishment because that's just mm. longevity in the game. That's just, you know, being able to be longevity, just of staying durable and also just putting up power throughout all those years is excellent. So like, I don't think this would be anything. That's why I put this as a top story It's like, I think but, it's but awesome. We got to celebrate guys like this when it happened. My point was not that it's not important. My point is that it's not going to get quite the coverage in the media and just in general vibe of just like celebration now because of where baseball is as opposed to 15 years ago. No, this is fucking dope. Like I did, I read a bunch of articles about it the the day after I was super stoked about it. I always hated Miguel Cabrera when he played against us, but I always liked him as a baseball player. Like, especially like those years with the Marlins. A lot of people forget he won a world series with the Marlins in 2003. It was his rookie season. So he had success really early in, in his career. Um, he's a first ballot hall of famer in my career. In my opinion, I think anytime you win a triple crown in baseball, especially since it's the, the, the one before that was Carl Yastrzemski in 1967. I think, you know, that deserves a, a first ballot hall of fame bid in the 500 club. I think also explains it all too. Does he get to 550 or 600? Probably not. He's 38, but I want to ask you that. Julio. Maybe 550. I don't. He'd have don't to do. Think, it he's like not going to get six hundred three seasons. Yeah, no, he's, he's not going to get six unless he just has like this Nelson Cruz, uh, back end career rejuvenation thing maybe. 
but realistically, he'd have to go happen. strictly DH. I would think to do that though. Yeah, but who who knows, man? Uh, the Tigers are have been known to spend some money. I was kind of reading earlier today that uh, they're kind of linked to Carlos Correa in the offseason, just like the AJ Hinch reunion, and like they're they have a pretty solid young core. So if you just put a bunch of solid young core on top of stars now and have them as kind of like the background guy, DH, he'll play every other day, maybe to keep him fresh. But who knows? Um, yeah. Do, do you think he's going to get it before we kind of go into my next thing I want to talk about with the 500? I don't I don't think he gets the 550. He would really like I said, he he can't play first anymore cuz he's got to like probably he's got to rest his 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 legs a little bit. So he'd have to go to a full DH position. He'd have to go to a stack team where where um you know, there's guys around him that pitchers might have to pitch to um and they could pitch around him a little bit more. And yeah, I don't know. It'd be, it'd be tough. Maybe a pitcher's friendly or a hitter's friendly ballpark too. I don't think so. The way he's been like trending down, I would say it'd be tough. Yeah, I mean he might get 20 home runs this year. Um, he also hasn't been healthy the past few years, so maybe that's part of it too. So he would have to play a full a full season, uh, like the next three seasons. But you know, we'll see. We'll see. Now, who's next? Nelson Cruz is only 57 away. He's 41. He's hit 26 this year. So that's probably going to be him. We'll see. You know, he's not slowing down. I know, but father time, man. I know unless he Tom Brady is getting him in on that, that regimen of the no shadow veggie regimen, then maybe, but we'll see, man. That's going to be a tough one. Uh, another one. After you that, cons- I don't know. Another one you got to consider Giancarlo Stanton. He is only 30. He's going to be turning 32. He's at 344, 334 right now. Um, so let's see. Minus 334. But he can't he stay He's 166. So let's say if he's averaging 30 home runs a year over the next. Mm-hmm. He'll need 30 home runs a year at least on average over the next five and a half years to get there. But you said it. Injuries. Yeah. The guy. Mike he, Trout was the first one that came to mind because I know he's already at he's already past 300, but he also in recent <laughs> years can't stay healthy. I don't know, man. That's a tough. That's a tough one. Matt Olson. <laughs> yeah, he's got several years to go. All right, next story. Um, this is a bit of a sad one. Um, uh, recently came out in a report that um, ex Angels front office staff person. Um, was connected to um, a drug ring. I think it was the was it was it the cartel. I can't remember if it was cartel Nothing, or not. Yeah, I don't know if it's specifically cartel, but um. connected to some type of um, illegal drug uh, ring. Um, and um, it turns out that Tyler Skaggs was a middleman for that entire um, that entire. You can he, if you uh, yeah, you can explain so it better than me. What was going on was you know if Tyler Skaggs was the Angels pitcher who unfortunately passed away in 2019 due to uh, a drug overdose. He was uh, on fentanyl, and there've been some court cases over the last few years. And the thing that came out was this guy Eric K, who was an ex-Angels staffer. He was using Tyler Skaggs as the middleman as kind of his drug dealer of getting it yeah. to other players. Yeah. Um, it's not looking – I feel like every year some worse information comes out about the St- Tyler Skaggs get Tyler Skaggs' death. Um, 
and it just kind of bums me out about the whole thing because it was such a like a tragedy when it happened and like all the baseball kind of like rallied around it and like celebrated him but ugh, it just gets worse and worse dude so here's a, a quick exchange is during the filing transcripts that they found that Kay and his supplier I don't think they've got to that point yet was saying it's instead of having payment for drugs that he was gaining from him uh, he would offer memorabilia so one of them was like sign Mike Trout balls and um, Angels tickets and stuff like that. And he kept, during those years of 2006 to 2019, he had kept the drugs at his own desk. And he's getting faced up to 20 years in prison if he's convicted. Um, I, 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 don't, I think this is an open, closed case, especially with that much evidence. It's just, it's, it's horrible. And it kind of goes to, I can't remember if I sent you this video, but I, I saw a YouTube breakdown of just the Artem Moreno run years of the angels. And one of the big talking points was like, you literally had a, a player die while you were the team owner because of your just like ineptitude and just kind of looking turning a blind eye. Cause like they should have known yeah. that even if Tyler had a problem, not, it's not really a Tyler's fault. It's more of a, somebody in this ring is helping him and giving him stuff throughout this time. They should have known. Mm -hmm. And they probably did know, but they're looking a cold eye to it. It's just, it's a horrible thing because it's like, the Angels, you know, you don't have much else to really focus on. Otani's going to win MVP, uh, but it's like they haven't had success since 2014. And one of the biggest reasons they've had national spotlights is because of negativity. It's, Mike yeah. Trout's amazing, but you can't do anything with the team. You know, Otani's amazing, you can't do anything with the team. And then now, unfortunately, you have back in the spotlight because one of your ex staffers was a drug lord amongst major league baseball. Yeah. I don't have much to add to that. It's just, I'm not going to, I'm not going to lie though. Having this conversation with you wearing those sunglasses is just like worse. <laughs> a little, a little bit, a little bit just, yeah. It, it, you think it's just, it's sad. I'm just kidding. I'm not gonna, I'm no, not gonna, it, I'm it's, gonna, it's just, I'm not gonna sad all it. around. I hope this kind of gives his family a little bit more rest, but I hope this kind of puts a fire under Artem Moreno's ass because outside of making beer cheaper and making tickets a little bit cheaper, he's it's been a pretty shitty owner throughout this run. All right, I'll go ahead and move mm -hmm. it on for us. Uh, here's a story that we wanted to talk about last week, but we wanted to, there was a lot of cool spicy things last week as well, so we held that off to this week. A part of this is a source that told the Athletic that MLB proposes salary minimum funded by new tax on teams spending $180 million. So quick summary is that they're looking to make a salary minimum across the league that your teams have to pay at spending at least $100 million to really compete. And if not, mm -hmm. you will get taxed for it or there will be like a fee or fine for that. Mm. Wow, I wonder who's going to benefit from that, Chris. Can you tell me a team off the top of your head that would benefit from an extra 15 to $25 million in payroll a year? Time to pay up, John Fucknugget Fisher. That's all I'm going to say. Time to fucking pay up, or you can sell the team to Joe Lacob. That's how I feel about it. Fuck off. You could have Imagine if that rule was in place this year. I don't think you wouldn't have been able to keep um, Liam. You could have been able to keep Marcus, and you easily could have... You found. probably could have kept both. How much did Liam get? 
15 or 18 million? Um, I thought it was 10 million a year for three years. Because this year's payroll, I think, was like 75 million. Uh, you could I'm have kept both, now. but you would have had like five million dollars to work at the rest of the season. But besides the point, good, 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 good. There is too much. It's this isn't just an ace thing. There's too much of a disparity between. There's not every team's going to be the A's or the Rays where they're going to work on a budget and be successful. There's too many teams that are still underspending, or when they do spend, they're responsible with it. And I think if you just have this out, it's going to even out the playing field. And so the A's point, are at 72 mil right now, and Liam got paid three years, 54 million. So, yeah, a little bit more, but yeah. Let's see. Math time, three, 54 divided by three, 18 mil a year. All right, so. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, Worth it, it. it. Yeah. Why would, th- this is genius. Now, this is all going to be on the CBA. It's going to be really tumultuous. There's going to be a lot of stuff on the table. So hopefully this is one of the main things that passed because – Lord knows, like, if you want this sport to be healthy, you got to have that competitive balance. The MLB is the only professional sport in uh, American sports that doesn't have a salary cap. Even European sports, apparently they have salary caps, too, in soccer. I didn't know, like, La Liga has a salary cap, which is the reason why Messi had to go to PSG. And, and now you're and – it's, and it's proven. Look in the last 10 years how many teams who – Every team that's won the champ have won a World Series have been top five, top seven payroll throughout that time, except for <clears throat> Kansas City. And Kansas City was just like a beast that year. Even then, I think they were at least above average in payroll. Honestly, if you want to save the league, a great way to do it would be the NBA model, which has skyrocketed through the past 10 years, and that's just do the revenue sharing. Because then it forces your owners to have a minimum they have to pay. The maximum is not too much. It's not, like, un- unreasonable. Um, and then also you'll have players on shorter contracts. That's the reason why they do four-year, five-year maxes as opposed to these fucking massive 10-, 13-year deals that, like, Stanton and and Har- Harper and Trout are getting. Um and also, it just like kind of just moves money around like that. Honestly, that they should adopt that, and they would get. And the reason why owners would be willing to spend more money is because they're gonna get all this TV money. They're gonna share with the players, and everybody's gonna get a cut of it. It's not like there's there's no excuses. the The John Fisher excuse doesn't work anymore. It's not it, the whole the whole like oh well, you know the re- the money's not coming in. We we don't have the revenue to support it. No, well you're getting the TV money that everybody's sharing, so that doesn't make any sense. You know, I don't, it's just yeah, I don't know. It's I mean, we could do this to fucking dance all fucking day, but, um, yeah, this is going to be a good thing. And again, an, a side note to uh, what you said about what's going to be negotiated in the CBA next year. Again, ace or baseball fans, be prepared to potentially have a holdout. There potentially might not be a season next year, but and if anything, there they will not start on time. Be prepared for that, because the players are going to be a lot more. Um, it sounds like they're going to be a lot more um, stubborn with their demands as opposed to the past because the yeah. public's on their side now. It makes sense. They should get ready to adopt I'm your KBO team right now. Yeah. That's yeah, all I'm going to All right, let's move on to A's news. Um, oh, no. We suck again. Oh, no. We suck again. I was watching, uh, I was watching Grown Ups right before we came on. So it reminded me of 
just Adam Sandler movies in general. And Rob Schneider doing the, oh, no, we suck again from Waterboy. Uh, what's your favorite anyway. Adam, Sh- Adam Sandler movie? Go. Oh, dude, why? That's such a hard one. It's between Big Daddy and Happy Gilmore. Okay. What's yeah, ha- Happy Gilmore or... I could watch Happy Gilmore every day for a week and never get old of it. Or uh, Big Daddy, you know, it gets hits hits you in the emotions a little more, but so I wouldn't want to uh, that as much. Billy Madison, obviously, but also underrated. Wedding singer, love wedding singer. Oh, actually, oh, wait, uncut one. gems. <clears throat> uh, no, I don't. I would get. Come epilepsy. on, give me a shot. Um, I disagree. Um, well, you know, that doesn't count. I mean, no, like, Happy I Madison, yeah. Adam Sandler movie. Billy Madison's great, but his Hotel voice gets Transylvania. after like an hour. <laughs> hey, I actually like that movie. Oh, no, that um, movie. Anyway, we suck. Uh, we were six. We were six and nine in, the, in that fifteen game run that we did a whole big podcast about two weeks ago to be like, hey, this is what we got to do to be successful. We're on this high. Let's do it. And then they suck. Um, they're two and eight um, in their last ten. Um, in the last 10 games, they've scored an average of 2.7 runs a game. In their last 12 games, they've scored an average of 3.4 runs a game. And the only reason why that average is just a little bit higher than the 10-game average is because that includes the two games that we played against the Rangers where we scored six and eight runs. So pretty much the past 10 games, we fucking blow. And in the two games before that, it barely moves up a, just a small ticker of our average. But Woo! it's just a fucking shit show. But wait, oh, Chris, yeah. Olio. And on top of that, and during that time, the Red Sox, who were in, uh, have taken over, who were also in a downward spiral and are completely choking, um, have taken the second wildcard spot away from us. We are now two games out of the bo- second wildcard spot. We are, I don't even know how many games out of the Yankees. We're probably five or something like that. Um, in the last three games, or the last three winning opportunities, we've blown saves. Uh, Tr- Lou Trevino gave up two massive home runs. Uh, one of them was with two outs uh, against the Giants. Um, and then A.J. Puck gave up a two-run home run on Saturday. I think that was in the eighth, though. Um, Andrew Chafin, who has been our best bullpen piece in the past month, gave up two runs in, in his appearance that didn't make it much easier for Lou Trevino. It's just a fucking shit show, man. It's an absolute fucking shit show. Our hitters are the worst part, but I'm going to leave that to you because you have a bunch of stats that you want to bring up. But we have quality, amazing starts from our starters, including Paul Blackburn, who's come in and done a great job replacing Chris Bassett in the rotation. We get through seven innings, or we get through, we get to six. We get, you know, we have quality, um, uh, bullpen pieces, uh, bullpen outings from our 7-8 um, inning, and then we just fucking blow it in the ninth. It It's brutal. It's absolutely brutal, and the worst part about it is what Julio's about to touch on. Shout out to Olivia, Olivia Rodrigo. God, it's brutal out there. Um, but, yeah, it, it's been... Look, I'm just going to say this, though. I've been kind of somebody who's been <clears throat> trying to, to like slow down the, the choppy tide of the bullpen disasters because guess what? The bullpen been fucking great all year. Yeah. They've been really the bullpen, good. The bullpen isn't the issue, Julio. And the bullpen's we, not the issue. About the, look, about. this yeah. was the first. It, look, we just had, we just had some bad luck. We just had it, some bad luck this weekend. First blown save of the season happened on Friday and they happened just mm-hmm. to do two in a row. And look, you were going to blow a season at a blow a game at some point. 
That's just yeah, Julio. What baseball. were we? We were fifty-four and zero after leading after eight innings, right? Yeah, Wasn't that that so was a like, stat. Now we're fifty-four and three to break. And would you rather happen now in the postseason? Well, to see if we make the postseason. But besides the point, the real issue is the offense has completely <clears throat> sputtered in the last thirty days. They are second in the most number of ground outs they've had. They're first in the number of double plays they've hit in two. Uh, runners in scoring position. Podcast, I'm just shaking my head consistently. Uh, runners in scoring position. They're batting 246, which it keeps. They've pretty much have been at that rate over the last three years. So that's not too shocking, but still. Uh, here's where it starts getting worse. Players that are hitting below 242 in the last 30 days. 242 is the league average this season. Jed Lowry's hitting 236. Chappie 233. Elvis 224. Tony Kemp, 220. Seth Brown, 209. Players that are hitting below 200. Mitch Moreland is at 196. And then in dead last and batting DH, for the team right now. Good, yeah. Batting last. DH down Triple H just saying. Yeah. Uh, batting last is Mark Canna's hit 172 in the last 30 days. Our leadoff hitter. Hey, Got, here's, some, here's, some, here's some advice. If the leadoff hitter is not hitting well, maybe you shouldn't lead off. Yep. Batting below or hitting below, having a on base percentage below 316. Mark Canna's three and 316's league average. Mark Canna's 311. Uh, Elvis 289. Jan Gomes 250. Seth Brown 239. Mitch Moreland 229. Pretty much the only guys who are hitting consistently good are Starling Marte. Uh, Olsen's hitting. He, even though Olsen's been kind of fluttering a little bit, he's still an, an average hitter sean murphy we shit on this guy so much but guess what he's hitting better than all these guys have been lately um tony Kemp, josh harrison josh harrison's been hitting above those guys so we kind of see the culprit and you nailed it our leadoff hitter should not be hitting 172 and shouldn't be having a below average on base percentage well dude yeah yeah the reason why he's a leadoff hitter is because he gets on base well guess what he's not getting on base anymore so what the fuck are we doing i and I think this was my what I texted you earlier. Is I think I found the major solution. It's it's not working anymore. It, you gotta put him down in the lineup. If this was a couple bad weeks, yeah, you gotta stick with him. But like, you gotta make a solution. You gotta make some changes. And I don't, he's not the leadoff guy anymore. And especially when have, you have two capable guys that can move up the ladder. You have Starling Marte, who is a career leadoff hitter, so he can play that position again. And you have Josh Harrison, who is who is reliable and has the experience and has been hitting very well for the A's, and he moves up runners. He does exactly what his job is um, in, in typically when he's in the order, is he moves up runners. So and, what, what are we doing? I mean, what are we doing? We, we, we want to put capable guys ahead of our best hitter, our hitters, a.k.a. Matt Olson. So why are we putting duds ahead of him? It's it's frustrating. And this was kind of one of the points I was making when they went on this 15-game run, this 15-consecutive game. Like, you got to be innovative. Like, spice mm. things up a little bit. And it, it it seemed like towards the back end, it was just the only thing that was different was Ollie was DHing yesterday, which, like, great. Get him a day of rest on his legs, at least on the field. But it's just not there and and it's it's and, but this is and this is the reason why you made these moves the deadline so you could have versatility you could do these things you don't have to stick to the same format all season and be kind of like you know 
handcuffed to it. Like, ugh. and then the biggest issue is the DH spot. Like, you know, it's been kind of limping along with Mitch Moreland all season. He hasn't quite, you know, he, he granted he did have some injuries early on, but it, it, you know, it's not working. And what do you know? We got our good old friend, Chris Davis down in AAA, who's been killing it. Yes. He went 0 for 5 until that walk off. I had a, we had a, someone on our Twitter who, cause I retweeted, um, the walk-off home run he had um, the other night, um, and they brought up like he went 0 for five until this walk-off home run. Like we don't need that consistency. Like, but we need power. We need power in the lineup. That's what we need, and we know that he's gonna get it. He's been doing it in AAA. I think he had another home run today. It's like uh, let's at least try it out because it can't be worse than what we got. And I feel like there's there their clutch gene is just gone. Yeah. I, but it hasn't been here all season though, dude. And yeah. Like, you know, Jed, Jed's pretty clutch. Always had a couple walk-offs, but I think that's something I really, I was trying to think of like, um, I, I was, I totally forgot to look this up, but I wanted to see how many of the walk-offs they've had have been home runs and not just like hits, because I feel like the disparity is probably like way more home runs than it is hits on this season. But, um, I, you just kind of like they don't have this clutch gene and the thing i love about what makes the race so good is it seems like any day any batter even if they're average below average someone's gonna get you a can get you a big hit and that's Mm -hmm. what makes that team so good is like they're just so balanced they're so poised that it's like how many big hits has brett phillips had in the last two years he had a walk-off grand slam or something like that a few weeks back he had a walk off in the world series like this and who and he's a below average player really so it's just it's frustrating it's like what do you need to do to change this mantra to change us like you've brought in the guys that can help do that you've brought in guys who've won multiple world series on this lineup and they're still not figuring it out and look we've been saying this for a while now it's, I don't think it's a player thing. I really do think like this hitting the philosophy that whatever is going on for hitting, it just hasn't worked. And it hasn't been working with runners in scoring position for the last three, four years. We we've know we've, we've both been big anti-Darren Bush guys for a minute, but it's just like the writing's on the wall, man. What else can you do at this point? With this budget, with this team, there's nothing else you can do besides see if you can change some hitting philosophies. And like I don't want to hear the excuse like it's too late in the season to 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 fire him. Like no, like the the fucking Padres just fired their pitching coach. You can make this change now. Any just any new blood at at that at that coaching spot will do something because he's doing the same thing and it ain't fucking working. It's been the same issue. So maybe the assistant hitting coach can come in. Maybe he has a different philosophy. Maybe he can look at the scouting report a little bit different and he can prepare these hitters to to step up in these in these runners in scoring position situations because like i said like Marte, harrison lowry those guys they're doing their job they're getting on base and they're moving runners up and they're getting them in position to score but for some reason we can't bring them home it's 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 a it's just and olsen's part of that too uh he he's been getting on base and moving runners up but it's just it's fucking frustrating man it's hard to watch and if it wasn't the dead time of, of sports right now i probably wouldn't be watching these games 
I, I have to watch these games because I we do a weekly podcast. But you get what I'm saying. If I wasn't doing a weekly podcast, I it, it, like there's games where I just want to turn off the fucking TV, which in the equivalent of that for me is putting it on the TV up to the right and watching like Grown Ups or something like that instead on the main TV. Like my attention's away from it. That's how frustrating these games are. That being said, <clears throat> they have a day off today. Baseball's a really weird thing that you know just having a day off and you're not mentally thinking about what you have to be working that day or whatever it could be is enough to kind of flip things around so let's hope let's put our faith that they can do this because at the end of the day i think we're both in the same boat i think this is still a really good team it's just you have a lot to prove now and there's an uphill battle Hey, it's a better time than ever to start to start picking it up. We could use some wins in this series. Big I'd time. rather I'd rather have you be shitty in August than shitty in September. So let's hope. Let's well, just hope. September this is, is uh, September is only six days away, Julio. So uh, you know I wouldn't be too optimistic quite yeah. yet. Water. Let's just hope this water in the bridge. But if this isn't, we have all the evidence to point to where the problem is. Uh, yeah. Chris Bassett, we got an update for you all. If you haven't not heard, A's released a statement that he had successful facial surgery to, in Chicago. Um, he's in stable condition, and he's expected to arrive in Oakland later in the week. So hopefully the weekend series he'll be around. Uh, yeah. I know you brought up last week that he tweeted Dallas he's hoping to be doing bullpen within a few weeks. But realistically, you know, nobody's really set an actual expectation uh, I don't think we can really speculate on it. No, I think, I think that's just op- that was just you know like like, hey buddy, I'm okay. Like time to get back on the grind type of thing. You know, rise and grind. That's a motto. But uh, great to hear everything's the swelling went down. He had surgery. Everything's successful. He's gonna be good. Uh, you you alluded to this, and I think we kind of have to not talk about him now. Chris Davis. Uh, he's hit six home runs in 10 games as a member of the Las, Las Vegas Aviators. He's hit a couple home runs already. Uh, uh, shout out to, you know, Rick Anderson blogs. Only the best stuff. But he had some prime footage because he was at those games of just seeing mm-hmm. it. And it, I think it really pushed up the hype. And Bowmel's being kind of coy of saying like, oh, he knows it's an uphill battle, blah, blah, blah. But... I want to see what's your two cents on this. Like, do you- I tweeted this today? Like, it's desperation time. Like, it was all cute. Like a few weeks ago, when we first brought him back, and it's like, oh yeah, you know, best case scenario, like you know, he, you know, Chris Davis is back. Worst case scenario, whatever. Now, and that was when we're winning. Now we're losing, and it's like, and we're not getting production out of that DH spot. You know, Jan Gomes. I, he, regardless of what you think about his OBP situation. Every at-bat that he has is a quality at-bat. He Agreed. eats up pitches. Agreed. He f- he fouls them off. They're promising-looking. Um, when Every time he makes contact, it's promising. It's just maybe it's just like, you know, not quite in the gap. It's just a little bit more center, and it's like, and, you know, it's 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 a, a, a quite the sprint for the center fielder, but he makes the catch. So, like, it's quality stuff. But um, we could use him right now, and we could use his power because we're not getting power – from anyone else on our team besides Matt Olson and not even really Matt Olson lately. Matt Chapman has been, he's back to 2021 Matt Chapman, unfortunately. Um, Seth Brown hits an occasional home run, but you know, he's not exactly someone you want to rely on. Mark Hanna, 
We all know his deal recently. We've been we talked about him a lot. Jed's power is pretty much gone. We can't rely on that. He's just he's gonna get his doubles. We need to hit home runs. We need to hit home runs with guys on base. We could use him right now. So why not just give it a shot? We what do we have to lose? There's nothing more we could lose. We're already not doing it. Like, why not just give it a shot and just see? And who knows? He's probably going to bring a, an energy to the clubhouse, too, because we all know he's a chemistry guy. He's been that way for a while. <clears throat> and what is the one thing that we always said about Chris Davis, even when he wasn't playing well last year? He's clutch. In those playoff games, he's one of the only people who ever come up big with clutch hits. We could use that right now. And... You know, I, I kind of want to double down on what you were saying about um, home run numbers. And it's that, like, they kind of really lost what made, was their identity for the last few years of power. They're ninth in home runs hit on the season. Uh, I, I lost that in front of me. Ollie's got 32. Excellent. Uh, Chappie just is at 19. He wanted this huge surge. And then Seth Brown looks like he's going to be getting 20. But now you're yeah. looking at, like, you know, Murph is at 14, Jed's at 13, Canna is at 12, and th- and then it's Mitch at 10. It's like the power of what this identity was for this team for the last few years is missing. It's not there anymore. And, like, hell, if he when, can come up and hit five home runs in August or September, th- uh, he, he did his job. He did his job what, if he can do something like that. I think part of that is, you know, Canna moved to the leadoff spot. You're not exactly ser- searching for home runs in that spot as much anymore, so that changed things. We traded out a a shortstop who hits 30 bombs a season for a shortstop who hits barely 10 at times, if that. Um, we traded out a, a DH who hits, you know, was hitting 40 home runs a season to a DH that hits around 25. You know, it's things like that that, that have, have changed it up a little bit. But you're right, man. I mean, it's just like we got to do something. And you know the name of modern day baseball is 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 a home runs better than a hit, or a home runs and a and a a home run or a strikeout is better than consistent hits. So it's just, yeah, I, it, mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So let's see. I, I my money is on. We're gonna see him back in Oakland at some point. I think you have season. to. I think if you're Bob Melvin, you you especially if we don't do well in the series, like at that point you have to. And the you last have thing, to feel the pressure at least. Uh, last thing we want to talk about, we I, I don't want to spend too much time about it, but this was a huge buzz on uh, the A's fan community this morning. Was yeah. Athletic Nation, who's been is a part of the SB Nation. They've been kind of the Alex A's. Hall shout out. Alex Hall is the, the managing editor and writer. Uh, they've website. been the A's fan source for the community for for forever. It seems like since really the early days of blogging. They put out a pretty great article just talking about how the A's are doing whatever they can to keep fans away. And a big part of this, I think people have been kind of harping, oh, attendance is 44,000 at the Coliseum. Look, they don't want fans there. But then what you're not seeing is like, and what this article is saying is, okay, well, they got rid of the A's all-access pass, which was like a huge success. Mm-hmm. Parking is $30 a game. The mm-hmm. cheapest ticket is the same cheapest ticket equivalent to going to AT&T. And it just shows that they're really trying to drive up the argument of saying, oh, look, nobody's coming to our games. This is why we want to leave. Well, guess what, assholes? There's a reason why. Yeah. Yep. It's bullshit. Um, Yeah, they're they're totally fixing the numbers in order to make it a better better case for them to go to Vegas. But thankfully, that's why we have 
these yeah. voices. Um, we, we try to do our best, even though we're kind of away, to kind of really mm-hmm. plug this information out there to kind of give it to everybody who can. Because this is going to be a selling point at some point. But then we also got to have these people are going to be like, nope, that's not right because this shit's wrong. Uh, if you haven't had a chance, please check it out. We post it on our Twitter account. Um, and just try to go to games if you can. I understand it's now it's just too expensive. But at least those who are still going, you know, stay loud and proud. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, on that note... We're going to take a break, um, and we'll be right back. Um, Robbie's going to join us. We're going to talk about the um, Yankees series, um, talk about some um, Yankees players to watch out for, uh, what has led to their success recently, and um, just their fan perspective. So stick around, and uh, we'll be right back. Yeah, so are you on a – Robbie, are you on like a kind of an all-time high right now with with this nice little 11-game win streak and and a just complete turnaround as opposed to – what was it? Was it two months ago, a month and a half ago when you and your brother just went on this rant in our group chat just for like an hour straight just complaining about the team? Yeah, it it was a deep state of depression in Yankee land. It (laughs) it was really bad. There's no other way of describing how just upset. And because even even if it's like not, it wasn't even that they weren't. They they just they just were a team, and they just the the expectations coming in that we were at least going to make the playoffs. And mm-hmm. I was joking about prior that oh, even if we even even the way that we're playing right now, I expect to be in October or in some facet, whether that's wild card. And there just looked like there was no hope for a portion of time. Yeah. And once we headed into the early July, it was like, <clears throat> I don't think this is happening. But they they made some moves and they're finally doing. Uh, they're playing baseball. They're 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 putting out lineups that are baseball lineups, and they're not just sticking to their typical BS they've done for the past two three years prior. And yeah. they're actually they're putting out a a product that Yankee fans are saying, okay, now we're doing stuff that other teams are doing or other big are the people we're competing with are supposed to be doing, and it's just it it's it's good that it's here, but before it was just so so mind boggling with the stuff they were doing. On top of you guys playing competent baseball again, you're also um, taking advantage of the of the meltdowns of the Red Sox and us as well. That is Robbie Schlatter, ladies and gentlemen, of the Four Train Savages podcast. He's joining us this week because we have a series with the Yankees uh, coming up. Um, this is recorded on Wednesday, August 25th. So, uh, you know... On top of the the, 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 the the highs that you're you're at now, like what are the things that you think um, have like really obviously the trade deadline was a big one that helped out, but what are the other things that you think have really turned this team around? So to lump it all t- kind of together, um, obviously on face value the the trade deadline and getting Gallo and getting um, getting Rizzo in here. Clay Holmes, too, under the radar. I wouldn't really give too much to Andrew Heaney, but he did have that good start against Boston, so I'll give him that. But the thing that they started doing, what I said earlier, was they started doing baseball stuff. They mm. started pressing baseball, so not you messing mean, like, around. You mean, like, small ball? You mean, like, stealing bags? No, not like, even that. that. A little a little bit, but not even that. So they started – they were an unathletic team making mental errors, physical errors, managerial errors – and they've fixed 
pretty much all of that in that stretch. They're running the bases. They're, I mean, since the deadline or since a portion, yeah, I think in the deadline, but second half of the season, they're leading Major League Baseball in steals. They are playing John. Like I talked in with with Julio in our podcast before, they're playing Giancarlo Stanton in the outfield. <laughs> Who would have known a guy? That looks like a Greek god could actually play in the outfield Didn't and feel the ball. Did he win a gold glove with Miami too? I would, I think so. I think he was an MVP too. So I think he's a pretty well-rounded baseball player. Let me get a fact check so on that uh, that gold glove. But also, Rob, for a hot second, when you're like, I oh, know, I'm like, you sounded just like Pete Davidson. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, just that, uh, that, that uh, the northeast stereotypical <laughs> accent is just like I don't know. Um, but yeah, they they're playing baseball. The manager. And before, what me and Tyler Tyler would uh, complain about on uh, our podcast is they never they they thought in April, May, and a little bit of June it was always oh we're gonna save these guys we're gonna give them rest days and we're gonna do all this and which is kind of around baseball it's more of like an NBA thing but we always said that they had a, like a Brooklyn Nets approach and. That's what they did. They would rest players, and they would do this, and they'd say, "Oh, we're not got to keep Stanton off the off his feet, you know, and do all this." And that's what they were doing. But now, where Aaron Boone is allowed to manager or uh, manage with some urgency, and I give him credit because he's been—I'm not—I haven't been the biggest fan of him. I—I'll keep it at that. But he's been doing a good yeah, job. You guys were calling for his head not too long ago. Not specifically yeah. you, but Yankees Nation. Oh no, I was I was I ago. I've been I listen when I mean you I, were, but I didn't want to I didn't want to call you out. <laughs> listen, I I have Yankees real fans. Listen, dude, I have real no shame in saying it because Hal Steinbrenner when he came out a, about I want to say he did it in June. It was actually after the game I went to. Did you do you guys remember the Chapman, uh, there's a lot of them, but the Grand Slam, Jared Walsh off Chapman, I'm sure you guys oh, saw Oh, yeah. It. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. So I, I went to that game with Rich, mm-hmm. and it's like 11 o'clock. I say, Rich, I, I got to get out of here because there's no other train to get back. Like, we're, we're going to have to be here till the morning, and it's not going to be like unless you – because we wanted to stay for the game. Mm. But so I go, we got to get out of here. So we leave, and we're on the train. They're up four runs. I said, all right. Well, you know, we saw the good offense. We saw everything. that happened. I think we missed, like, the Gardner home run or something. And I'm on the train, and Chapman loads the bases, and then I hear him give up a grand slam, and I go, oh, my God. Thank God I left that game. But um, nonetheless, what was what was my point going on? Um <laughs> I lost what I was saying. That, just that because this team has brought you to the brink of suicide, is that what you're trying to? No, get it was, <laughs> dude. It not nothing that serious, obviously. <laughs> but it was, it was in terms of sports fandom, it was pretty bad about their like the Jose Altuve off Chad Green, the uh, I don't know if you guys saw that. Yeah. The, yep. the um, I mean the Boston two Boston meltdowns off Chad Green, and then another one when Domingo Herman had a a no hitter into the eighth. And then, I mean, I could run down a list and then the field of dreams game. But obviously since then we've rattled off 11 straight wins, but I mean, I think I was making a point of Boone. The, I, I, I was saying that this guy, you know, I was calling out a lot of his stuff. And I think er, after that game, that's what it was. After that game, Hal Steinbrenner did the, our owner went on a uh, press conference and put all the onus on the players to to flip it around and to make it better and it 
everyone was saying, well, how can you not criticize Brian Cashman, our general manager? How can you not criticize Boone? And a lot of other media people or closer to the team were saying, oh, it is on the players. And obviously it is on the players because they're the ones going out and performing. But Boone was making some decisions that you just scratch your head Mm -hmm. and you're like, what are we doing here? What are we doing here? And so when people ask me, I do give him credit because he's made some good moves in the past week or two. He has made very good moves when it comes to the bullpen. And Brian Cashman obviously made the trades. But I got to say, dude, and Joey Gallo and Anthony Rizzo, I, they came out like gangbusters. Uh, Gallo had some big games against Chicago. He had a home run against uh, Anaheim. But, dude, it's a lot of, the, it's a, a lot of like Tyler Wade doing this. It's uh, Giancarlo Stanton. Aaron Judge is still playing. He's playing a lot of games this year. It's these guys that have come around that have been here and that have they're just starting to play good. I, I got to say, it is a little help for Luke Voigt. It's guys that have been here and they're performing. So I got to, you know, I give Boone credit where credit's due. Like, I'm not going to be a jerk completely, but I got to give the players a lot of credit because they are, they're stepping up. Uh, fact check. It, he did not win a gold glove, but. <clears throat> He no, did he win a Wilson Defensive Player of the Year award in 2012, which I don't know who. That was a long what is that? Time ago. Yeah, well, but yeah, I'm like, <clears throat> I'm guessing he probably won. Was percentage the highest bet the best player in that year in left field or wherever he was playing in Miami, mm-hmm. but he didn't win the Gold Glove because that's happened before. Now I know the one thing I kind of want to push you on real quick on this the Boone talk is. We've had like, you know, on again, off again talks of like, I don't want this him to continue to succeed or kind of go off like this because that means they're just going to bring him back. Now, at this point with let's say this oh, is I don't care anymore. Yeah, like I've it, already come. I've come to the realization that they would have I after a while, like because I wasn't the biggest fan of him. I thought like the only shot that even wasn't really a shot is if they missed the playoffs. But I'm not going to about to put my team's success before that at this point like yes we were so down in the dumps that i was like all right maybe we do just need to hit rock bottom for this to bring drastic change but then the trades happened and they started playing well and other teams started to fall like yourselves and and boston and um that baseball's weird baseball's weird i that that's just kind of what i say like yeah at that time i will admit i thought it was if the Yankees lose and they, it could be more impactful. I thought there was still like a slight chance that if they, if they did continue to lose, but like baseball's like that now. There's only like a select few managers that really have like where the front office allows a man. Like for instance, probably Bob Melvin, I would say, has a good amount of control in the managerial sense. Like I guess Tony Larusa. Guys like Terry Francona, like yeah. now baseball is just controlled from the front office. So I'm like, why would they even bother wanting to go out and get another guy at this point? So I was just yep. saying, you know, I, they've kind of made their bed. I guess I'm going to sleep in it as a fan. And I just said I put the team before any kind of that personal dislike for I don't It's not even that I don't like the guy because I, I do. I think he's a really good dude. Like there were points after the BLM stuff was happening that Boone was talking and stuff and he was. Mm-hmm like doing a good job but um it, it, it was just the baseball stuff that I just said I thought he was inexperienced and I didn't really think that he was the right guy for the job and and he would just he was too fr- he was too much of a friendly guy around the players and didn't really feel like a boss I still kind of feel like that but 
they're winning. So I can't say anything. You know, well, it's, a, they're winning. A, it, a big reason why a lot of analysts have been getting those managerial jobs the past couple of years, though, is because they are the first to kind of like um, accept the analytics side of baseball. That's oh, a big yeah. reason why. Whereas old school managers who come up through the system – they're very hesitant to go against it because they're like, you know, the old traditional way of baseball. Whereas, like, if you're an analyst on TV, you kind of have to accept the numbers aspect of it and you have to look at those things in order to do your job well. So I think that is a big reason why those guys have gotten these jobs. I just wanted to say that real quick. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, no, it makes sense. I mean, yeah, there. I don't really think if Aaron Boone got fired, I don't really think another, he had – dude, he got offered a job after the Yankees made the American League Championship Series yeah. and a game seven – came one game away from the World Series, are you going to turn down that job even after eight? No, no. Do but, I think that he gets hired from another baseball team? Maybe, maybe not yet. But but it's, like, just, that's it's, what I, it's just one of those things where it's like if you're a GM and you're trying to fully accept analytics in baseball, you're trying to accept the launch angle, you're trying to accept all these different things that, that baseball teams are built around now, Who's an easier hire for you? A guy who talks about it all day and is willing to do that, who's in, inexperienced, but he gets the direction that we're trying to go, or a guy who's going to be a stickler and still play, you know, these different pitching matchups and try and, you know, on and yeah. on, 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 on. I was going to yeah. say too. I think um, when you're when you're winning at that high of a level at that point, when like if you're repeated playoff success, it is so rare to when somebody gets rid of a manager and replace them with somebody else, that they continue that. Like, look at, um, okay, prime example, the Dodgers got rid of Don Mattingly, bring in Dave Roberts. That worked. But then I think about um, who was the Twins manager, and then they got rid of him. They brought in Rocco Bodelli, and things are kind of sliding a little bit there. Um, was that Ron Garden Gardenhire? No, no, Garden. He was there for made, a long time. No, no I'm saying before, like before this past year of the Twins, because Bodelli's only been there for a couple of years. Um, or yeah, it's just and what I'm trying to say is just like that's hard as shit to find another manager, take that job to kind of pick up things and make yeah. them yeah. to can to continue that stride, to continue that kind of success, and really take somebody really another level, like you know Tony Larusso has been doing. As much as I hate, as much as I hate to say, he's been doing a good job. And then um, I think like, it's hard not to do a good job with that roster. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I have to say it. It's I think they could be better without him if they had somebody else. But anyways, we're not here to shit on the Russo. Well, more than gladly do any time of the week. But um, I want to, and I want to ask for you for this series. If you're a kind of a you're a West Coast fan, you're not really watching the Yankees outside of the main guys. Give us like a couple names that like I know you said Tyler Wade, but who like a couple other guys this series? Like, hey, watch these guys throughout the series. They might be playing some key roles, whether it's a big play, a big hit. Yeah, definitely Andrew Velasquez at this point. The guy that's been is that uh hold on, is that the the center fielder? He was a tops now card in the show. Uh, no, probably a different Velasquez. I think Rob Pro's, he, I don't know what he said. Yeah, I mean the hopefully the connection's not too bad. I'll keep record, recording for you guys on the end. But um, no, so Andrew Velasquez, he's a kid from the Bronx. Um, he went to Fordham Prep, so dude's been a Yankees fan. Um, and is Fordham Prep like a really nice high school in the Bronx? Yeah, so it's like I think it's pretty close. It's it's in the Bronx. I think it's like pretty close i would think to fordham uh i had a buddy from uh yukon that went there and i asked is him, it a I was private like, school 
I think so. And yeah. I asked him, uh, I said, did you know this guy? And he's like, nah, but I've heard of him because now, obviously, now he's doing well. Yeah. But, um, no, so this kid, he came up and he's bounced around. I think he went to 14 different organizations in his time already in minors and stuff. But he, um, yeah, he, he's been a real impact player for us. And the Boston series that we recently had where we overtook the wild card, the second wild card spot, mm-hmm. he, he was hitting go ahead hits. He had, I went to the game, uh, this past weekend, he had his first career home run and his parents were there and he was crying or they were crying and stuff. And he's been playing in one of the Boston games. He played a, a huge defensive stop in the, in, uh, one of the whole uh, between Odor is playing third at the time, so he didn't really get over, so we didn't have Urshela. We will get him back tomorrow against you guys. But uh, he made a great play in, to end the game, and he, um, he's he been a real impact guy. And, I mean, it's even sprung people, which pisses off a lot of Yankee fans. And I, it's kind of irrelevant, or it's kind of, it, I don't know, it's kind of a stupid point. But people are saying, why don't we keep him and get rid of Glaber and trade Glaber now? And I'm just saying, this guy's been around to a lot of teams. I understand Glaber's defense is not. The, I'm one that also agrees that Glaber's defense is not the best, and I want to look for a shortstop at some point, whether that's someone in the minors that we have, like Volpe, that's shot up to number one past Jason Dominguez or whatever. Uh, but Velasquez has been really good. I mean, that conversation has been driven around him. So he's a lefty. Um, he, he's swinging a hot bat at the moment. Outside of that, like I said, we got Gio Urshela back. Um, I don't know if he's going to be an impact guy right away. Luke Voigt is also hitting hitting his stride really well. I think out of his last games, he's like 9 for 16. He's got like 11 ribbies. He, he, he's he got a, a fire. I don't know if you guys saw. He has a fire lit under his ass because Rizzo came in. Yeah, I was going like, to ask you about that. So what do, you, what do you think about those comments that he made? Oh, I I love Luke Voigt. And even Especially if coming I coming off a season where he led the league in, in home runs last year, Luke Voigt has the third highest OPS of any first baseman in baseball since 2018 when he arrived at the Yankees higher than Anthony Rizzo. And if you look at a lot of the numbers in the past three years, you can make an argument that Luke Voigt outside of probably defense has been a better offensive producing first baseman than Anthony Rizzo. You can make that argument. Um, but yeah, he's hitting his stride. And when he made those comments, I, I thought, I mean, if you guys, Julio, you know what I'm talking about when I go, hey, uh, first time, long time. I was listening to the WFAN for uh, for for a while, and callers were calling in and saying, stink. why why are you going out and 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 doing this uh, and 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 saying why are you throwing your team under the bus? And and the reporter asked him. He said, hey, where's your mental space at? And he mm-hmm. just flat out said it, and he didn't throw Rizzo under the bus. He wasn't like, mm-hmm. you know, Riz comes in here and I don't want to put like. No, he said he understood that he he's been hurt this year, and they yeah, were I was looking say the for injuries is why they did that. They were looking for injuries, and he knew he acknowledged it, and he said, yeah. Look, "Listen, man, I'm gonna make them have a reason to put me in the lineup," and he is. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, I mean, when we're in the American League playoffs, it shouldn't be an issue because we could just have the. Line up when Stanton and Gow, the monster, um, they're calling it, what are they calling it? They're calling it the, uh, like the bully package or something with all three of Gallo, Judge, and 
Stanton play in the outfield, and then you have Voight DH and Rizzo play first. So mm-hmm. it shouldn't be an issue unless we did get to a World Series, knock on wood, whatever happens. But, um, I mean, I love Luke Voigt. I, I love the comments. And even, too, I mean, there it's going to be a conversation past this time of I don't – people – like, Yankee fans love Anthony Rizzo. I don't think he's resigning. I don't think he's resigning, and I don't think we should resign him. To be honest with you, I maybe a bull unless if he goes on a crazy streak, then like, and I'm completely wrong and he wins us a World Series, maybe I'll feel differently. That dude, he got lowballed in Chicago for his first contract, and he's gonna demand but a lot of money. But he was there I think- before. He was there before the quote unquote dynasty, though. That's why he got lowballed and he signed that contract before that. That yeah. So happened. so what I'm thinking is, and it seems like the intentions of the Cubs is to pull what we did with Chapman and was of uh, four years ago and just re-sign him because like, dude, their fan base was so. No man, you got Voight locked up till 2025. That doesn't exactly. make any sense to me financially. What? Yeah. No. No. To me. To look, see, dude, it's just it's been this love affair with Rizzo already, and mm-hmm. I understand it. He, we have a lot of Italians in New York. I get it. I get it. Especially the picture with him and like the chain and everything like that. Like, yeah, that probably won over all of New York right there. It's I hard not to it. love him. He's just he's such he's a, a good, personality, man. He's, he's a, a good, good dude. dude. He's a personality. He he he's plays baseball the right way. But yeah, from a fight like we just signed DJ LeMahieu to ninety six million, and he's already starting to have a fall off. And Yankee fans are mad. I'm like, you're gonna yeah. give Rizzo probably more money, same amount of years, like that. We just did this last year, and you're mm. mad about this guy. I know he's a lefty bat, but we can go out and explore a Corey Seager possibly because I don't think he's going back to the Dodgers, and he put him at short whatever go find a lefty center field I mean if they want to take Hicks back but I don't know about Hicks I'd kind of look for something else at this point but you guys know what I'm saying I mean they have a love affair with him so when a lot of the fans were sensitive when Luke Voigt mentioned him in the comments it was like you have to give Rizzo respect and honestly Luke Voigt's been hitting better than Anthony Rizzo and it is what it is, dude. But he's 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 got he's gonna contribute if we make a run. That's for sure. But also, you have to look at it this way, and I think you kind of alluded to it earlier, is that they're starting to take the reins off of Stanton a little bit more. They're not coddling him as more with his. I know he has an injury history, so it makes sense why they did it. So like then, your lineup gets a little bit tougher to mess with. You you could say it's a good thing. You could do the Dodgers method method, which is what me and Julio have been saying. Kind of what the A's did with at the trade deadline. They just got a lot of depth so there's a lot of versatility in the lineup but like that's like star power versatility that's just like wasting money you want guys to play every single day like i don't i don't know it's just yeah it seems weird I, and unnecessary when you can spend that money elsewhere in a in a need that you keep saying you guys clearly need which is shortstop you keep bitching about the shortstop position but and so i mean obviously that's a need for you guys yeah no i don't i don't know what they're even going to do with that so i mean cuz they have this kid Volpe that's been killing it, and he's like shooting up the minor league chart. Like he passed Jason Dominguez, who the Martian and people know about. And um, you know, I don't know what they're gonna end up doing with shortstop. Like I don't really want to think about it until after the season. But yeah, that's why. That's why I say when people are just talking, like you go, like as yeah, soon you're as talking Rizzo about came, Rizzo and Void right now. <laughs> Yeah, no, what I'm saying is the only reason that that was well be because we were talking about the the signing and yeah, or yeah. um the co- the the comments that he made mm-hmm. and people were jumping down Voigt's throat and they were like oh 
no, 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 you can't, like, don't disrespect him. And I'm just like, relax. Like, he prob- Rizzo probably won't even be in our realm to resign unless something else happens and Cashman pulls whatever he can. But, like, you know, I, I just would rather, you know, it's I, I would tell, like, people on Twitter and stuff, it's like, can we not think about resigning this guy and just enjoy him as a rental and what we got him for, which is to get us to the postseason and make mm-hmm. a run? Like, people, the Yankee fans in that sense, like, very um, – they need to they need to kind of pull the get get a little bit more perspective when it comes to that hopefully but you know who's going to do that baseball fans going to do what baseball fans do and yankee fans too so it is what it is Voip's still at high a though he's only 20 so i don't know if you see him any in the next couple of years anyway. yeah it's probably going to be tw- after 2023 and i don't even think they'll call him up so i like that's why i'm saying you know, Seager, but he doesn't really fix the defense that much, to be honest. Uh, I really liked Story. I thought they were going to get Story at the deadline, but apparently the Rockies um, were asking for too much of a package. I really like Trevor Story. I think he's a stud defender. Only thing that pisses – or that I wish he was a lefty because then it would just be, like, kind of automatic. Like, that's kind of a no-brainer. Um, but he's a righty. And then, I don't know, if you get Hicks back, that's another lefty in the line. We have Gallo for another year, so – I don't know. It's uh, it's really weird. It's really weird. And then Judge and Gallo and Sanchez are all free agents in 2023. What are you going to do there? The year after, Glaber's a free agent. Like, is he going to – next year is the biggest year of Glaber's career because it's kind of a make or break if they're going to continue with him. So, it's yeah. – I. <clears throat> let's see what they do 2021, man. 2021. Yeah. It's like we're going to talk about the present, not the future. No. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that conversation uh, really got away with us, but it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, Andrew Velasquez. That's who you need to watch, friends. Uh, yeah. Also, I just love the question when uh, they asked him on a post game, like, "What's your ne- what would your neon sign say?" And he's like, "What?" And then one's like, "Yeah, oh, Lindsay Ad- What are you doing?" Lindsay Adler asked him that, and she it completely. I heard it, and I go, "Oh, shout out the Bodega Boys!" And then it kind of <laughs> just went over his head, and I was like, "Damn, I thought he would have gotten that." So. I did you know, hear that too. I actually want to get your opinion because you asked me this on, on when I was with you guys, and you you seem pretty aware of it because you know your friendship with us. But like, what's kind of the feel of the A's? What like either what's your opinion of the team right now? What is just kind of the general opinion of the Yankees fans? I, like even if it's they're saying hey they, they don't take them serious, like I'm glad to hear it. Whatever you want to say, but so the vast majority, I could definitely tell you that Yankee fans are in full like douchebag mode right now they are in (laughs) they are in full no one's beating us just full disclosure before that and and i mean i guess i could see right because we had a rough yankee fans always like that when they're on a high yeah yeah that's true um but the um yeah my feeling was prior to you guys kind of falling down in the standings because I, I was paying, I was scoreboard watching for sure. I was looking at the standings like every day after every game. After every game, I was looking, seeing what you guys were doing. Um, and prior to that, like the deadline, you guys were winning. You guys were doing doing your thing. I, and I was like, this is going to be a tough team to beat, man. Like, I, I don't think it's good. I was telling Tyler, like, this is going to take until in the September, which it still is. Like, you guys can definitely do some damage this weekend. Um, But my feeling was, like, you guys had a – very formidable staff 
I think your bullpen is pretty solid, although Julio said you guys have been blowing some games lately. Got a little case of the Chapmans and the Britons. So. Yeah, we got a string of bad luck. Um, Matt Chapman, I think, has been kind of down this year, right, He's a little bit, but hasn't he been catching up a little bit? No. Yeah. He had a nice little run with, like, I think it was, like, three home runs in four games or something like that, and everybody was kind of yeah. losing their mind, but he slowed down again once. Yeah. I love Starling Marte. I He's one of my favorite players in baseball to watch. He's dope. He's really good. And when you guys got him, I was like, oh, see, Oakland, Oakland's not going anywhere, man. They're, they're going for it, too. Uh, the Loriano stuff I paid attention to of how you guys lost him. But if my opinion on the A's, I'm not going to – mine's like a realistic opinion that if, like I said, if we match up in a wild card game, I'm going to be nervous no matter what, even after what we did in 2018 to you guys. I like It's a one-game wild card. Anything can happen. Um, I'm still going to feel confident going into it. But um, it is definitely, if you look through Yankees Twitter um, – it's definitely disrespect. Definitely disrespect. I do – I will say, like, just for your guys' sake, I hope we match up so you guys can make the playoffs. But my road to – hypothetical, just to be a Yankee fan. Boy, You'd rather I play would the Mariners. No, I'd love to play the Red Sox in a one-game oh, wild card fan. and beat, yeah, I and beat them. I would love to play Boston and then go on. I don't want to play Tampa. Do not let me play Tampa Bay. I am done – I am done un- undervaluing them. I am done. I do not want to play them. Let me play like uh, however it would shake. I don't even know if this would be possible, but like Boston in the first round, then Chicago, and then um, uh, like give me Houston or something. I'm telling I you do- right now, everybody in the country who's not an Oakland A's fan and not a Seattle Mariners fan is rooting for that. And ESPN, you can bet, and and Major League Baseball, you can bet, are rooting for that as well because their yeah. ratings are going to skyrocket for that. Oh, yeah, game. for sure. It would be great for baseball. But, like, I don't I don't want any anything to do with the Tampa Bay Rays. They scare – like, they – see, here's the thing. That's not a reality, Aaron, though, because they're in first, and one of you guys is going to take first, yes, either you or yes. them. Like, that's not a world that we're going to live in, because the Red Sox ain't coming back. I hate to break it to the Red Sox fans, but that's not fucking And happening. they're currently yeah. losing 4 nothing to the Minnesota Twins. <laughs> yeah. That it's th- that just, it's just however it would shake up, I don't want to play them. <laughs> I don't want to see them. So, <laughs> that that's however it does end up, but yeah. Yeah, no, Boston, listen, man, Boston... I, yeah, they, they just – it was funny because Carabas was talking about Bobby Dahlback uh, being, the, being like, the big uh, – because they missed out on Rizzo, and we just kind of swept them, and that was funny too. Like, we just swept up and took them. And um, Bobby Dahlbeck is actually – I think his numbers are pretty good, but the other day when we overtook them, he made, like, a massive error on a ball hit by Anthony Rizzo, and Carabas was going crazy, and, like, he went on, like, a 10-minute Instagram video of saying – like state of the union for the Red Sox, so I mean, anytime that happens, that dude's a clown. As a Yankee. Like it's like <laughs> I'm ready to unfollow him on Twitter because it's just like there's so many other people who do. What We've had a do few interactions. Better. He quote tweets us sometimes because I know like we just like give him little jabs and he'll like quote tweet quote tweet us and just yeah, say, that's how, that's how I have to do it now. It's annoying, but yeah, like, yeah, that guy, yeah, that guy fucking sucks. Um, <laughs> we had yeah, we had our issue with him not too long ago. Um, all right. Final prediction, Rob. Um, you know the matchups, or do you want them? Do you know them? The pitching matchups? Do you care? I don't know the exact matchups. I can look on my phone. So it's real Italian quick. versus C- uh, Caprillion. Did I say that right? Italian. 
Tyone. Tyone, Tyone versus Caprillion, Cole versus Manaya, Cortez versus Montaz, and Montgomery versus Blackburn. I'm sure you don't even know who Blackburn is. Um, yeah. So what do you think? So I think um, if I were game you, I would have all the confidence in the world to be like, you guys have been fucking terrible lately. We're gonna. Yeah. No. This, I like, told. I told. Done. I told Julio before in our pod. I think they win three out of four. I do think you guys get us one game just yeah. because. Um. So game one, Caprillion versus uh, Tyone. That's gonna be. I think tomorrow will be the best game mm. because of that matchup. Because I think yeah, Capri- time, Cap- Caprillion is. Uh, he he he's been doing well, right? So, uh, and Tyone has been. He won. I think Player of the Month in July or Pitcher of the Month. So he he surprised the crap out of me. Mm-hmm. I I didn't think because he was like a two pitch pitcher and now he's finding it, which is great for his career. I mean, the dude came back from two. Uh, two Tommy Johns, a cancer diagnosis, like awesome for that dude. Uh, Friday, I will say Friday, po- Manaya had a big bounce back start last week. I don't know if he's going to be quite to like the ace form that he's been all season, but um, I just wouldn't be a little, I wouldn't be as confident as you might want to be right now with that one. Yeah, well, so here's although the he thing, was like, trashed two starts before that, like, Cole, whenever, trash. whenever Cole is on the mound, you got to feel good as a Yankee fan because absolutely. It's your ace. If you're any um, fan, Cole's on the mound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but the last start, I saw his last start against Minnesota. Six innings pitched. I think uh, no earned run. Or yeah, I don't think he gave up an earned run. Mm-hmm. Um, and but he's had those weird instances where he does give up a dud. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's this game. I don't I think don't our team th- can do that. I just don't. Yeah. The way so that I we've don't. Been hitting lately, I don't think we're the team to to give so to give I, up the dud to. So I don't think it's that game. Um, but but uh, also Saturday is the one I would be scared of. Are you? Montas is on a fucking roll. He's put together five ace quality oh. starts. I would be a little cool. concerned. That's Coolio. the only one. That's the only one. To a- answer your question, I cannot believe that I did not bring this man up when you said who is an under the radar player. The stash. Eight. A's fans may need to hear about nasty oh, Nestor Cortez. Is it Cortez, okay, all right. Nasty yeah, Nestor. So what's going on? You're right. Nasty. Frankie, it, he may be on a roll, man, but this dude, Nestor Cortez, is a throwback. All right, Saturday we're in for a we're in for a treat then. A pitcher's major, duel. Pitcher's duel. Major baby. throwback. So I'm excited dude, now, I, dude. I've been argue. I like our last. Pod, I I was like, dude, I kind of want Nestor Cortez before Jordan Montgomery, who will mm-hmm. be pitching Monday or uh, Sunday. And I was like, Nest, because he he the he, he shut down the White Sox. He's been sh- he shut down the Red Sox. He's been shutting down all these guys. Or I don't know if he shut out. I know he I know he didn't give up any earned runs against the White Sox. I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure. So that's that's a good line, especially when Eloy and um, Luis are back in that lineup. Like. that. <laughs> He he gives you crazy looks. He gives you the fun. Look out for some Cueto-like deliveries. He gives you the weird herky-jerky stuff. I mean, they got Mario t-shirts for him. I got to buy one. Uh, he is – he's so don't sleep on him. That could okay. be a very underrated okay. game. No, you got if me I excited for Saturday. Way- now, I'm going to be in Scottsdale drunk off my ass, but I will be checking in on the game now. Yeah, you got you to gotta, you gotta keep an eye on it. You got to keep an eye on it. And – um. Black, mm. Blackburn versus Montgomery. Montgomery didn't look great his last start, so 
and in a way, I don't know. He he just got back from COVID, so I think that's a day that you could definitely get him. So if I had to predict out just of my so three you know, out of Blackburn's four, Blackburn's the replacement for Bassett right now. So he's like, okay. a, he's kind of a uh, a journeyman. He's been up and, and down. He's also from our hometown, so we got some is, extra love for him. Yeah, yeah. Nice. But if I had to predict which one of those three out of four is going to be the loss, I'd have to say Sunday yeah. on the getaway day. Yeah. So, but yeah, no Saturday should be. I'm not going to guarantee – like, the first game I think is a guaranteed should be a good game yeah. overall with Caprillion and uh, Tyone, but don't sleep on Saturday. Don't sleep on Saturday. That could be a really good pitching duel, especially with Nestor on the bump. So. All right, Ace fans, you heard it first. From, well, hope we don't get – From hope Robbie. Aroldis Chapman uh, doesn't, doesn't pitch. Uh, hopefully uh, Luke Trevino doesn't pitch. So that we're both rooting for. I'd be more nervous for Chapman than than Lou, but I see what you mean. All right, Robbie, thank you for joining us. Before you go, go out and plug your shit. Plug what away, you bro. Here? Yes, uh, go follow at Four Savages if you like to hear um, uh, some obnoxious Yankee fans, I guess, and get to hear uh, some takes on what the team's doing. I listen, I. I'm pretty respectful to the A's. I'll give them the respect where respect is due. So if you want to catch up on what is happening with uh, with the team and keep an eye on us because we may be uh, we may be matching up, man. Hopefully we can, you know, if if it ends up that we're in a wild card situation, we may have to come back and get all four of us uh, together and do something for uh, prior to the game. But yeah, I'm I'm super pumped to watch the game. I don't. It's going to be difficult though with the with the 10 o'clock start or nine forty starts on my time. Like I'm going to be dope. We, we were playing, uh, there was an, a game, a West coast game, a couple weeks or like a month ago. And I was like fighting, fighting, sleeping. So Thursday and Friday should be a, should be a, a I should try and stay up, but you, I may have to. You don't get some realize the me. luxury that West Coast sports fans have until you yeah. like, are on the East coast. Like when I started traveling East coast and like having to stay up till 10 o'clock to watch warrior games, I'm like, Oh, this fucking yeah. Boring. I went on vacation one. Step to one to watch Warriors games, but like stay. Yeah, I went. The game I went to I, like brutal. I went on vacation once in California, and it was like three in the afternoon or something, and it was like a nighttime game. Oh, dude, on, football! Like, football is when it's the best. You got to come. Oh, here hell yeah! Season yeah. Wake All up. right, coffee so, football. All right, exactly. Right. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Rob. Really appreciate it. And um, yeah, hopefully we could talk soon around playoff time. If we're yeah. there, cross your fingers. Let's go Yankees and uh, shout out Town. Uh, town tailgate man all right welcome back thank you robbie for joining us that was a lot of fun um you probably the ace fans probably learned a lot more about the yankees than they needed to but you know hey know your enemy let's name a segment is it right julio I still think of the Green Day song. I don't know why. I was never a big Rage fan. Like, you know, I, I learned about their music from, from The Matrix. And I pretty much just listened to, like, those songs. Um, they got some bangers, though. Don't get me wrong. All right. Julio, upcoming schedule, as you obviously know. We just talked about it, but we'll just we'll say it again. Um, Yan series against the Yankees this weekend, Thursday through Sunday. Uh, got Cap on the mound on Thursday. Uh, Shaman and I on Friday. Frankie on Saturday, and uh, Antioch's finest Paul Blackburn on Sunday. Um, and then it's Detroit next week. Two game series, three game series. Sorry, 
Tuesday through. We got a day off on Monday, Tuesday through Thursday. Um, that is in Detroit. So prepare for those East Coast um, or Central time zone um, games. Julio, do you have a player of the week? None of you get any love except for uh, I'm going to go with Paul Blackburn. I think having back to back, they weren't quality starts, but and kind of seeing what he's been able to do, he pitched pretty well on uh, last week when he spot, did the spot start for Bassett, and he went five point one innings. Uh, he gave up three earned runs, which is hey, that's what you got to do in those kind of moments. And then uh, this past couple days against Seattle, five point two innings. He only gave up two earned runs, struck out five. Looks solid. He really was lined up to get the win, but then you know, disaster struck yeah. once more. That's so, it. hey man, that's what you got to do when you're kind of somebody like him, where either you're a rook or a journeyman, you got to come up in those times when it's your opportunity. So, Paul Blackburn, man, keep doing it. Got to represent Antioch. Got to represent Heritage High School. Um, you're my player of the week. Hey, Paulie, good job. Get it, Paul? Looks like a Greek slash like. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I was, I was. I'm excited for the new Sopranos movie to come out. I watched. The oh, the Many Sense New York. That looks dope. Yeah, yeah. We've been talking a lot of movies and TV this podcast. Um, because what else are you supposed to do when your team's uh, playing like shit, d- man? F- dude, football, college football's this weekend. We are this close. I know you don't watch college football, but in general, that means that football's back. We are this close. We are this close, Julio. We won't have to watch sweet, shitty sweet baseball on the weekdays anymore. We're going to have relief of football. Um, shout out college football this weekend. Check it out. Um, UCLA is playing um, Hawaii at 12 o'clock. Um, Julio doesn't – he doesn't give a shit. Oh, oh, um, there's nothing else going on. He relies on my college football fandom during NFL draft time, so that's fair enough. All right. <clears throat> My, my Oh, sorry. Uh, I wasn't going to pick one, but I felt like this guy should show love, and the reason why I'm going to show him love is because I think he should be our new closer because as much as I love Lou and as, as consistent Lou has been, I don't know if I trust him in those big moments. Um, this guy I do. It's the reason why we signed him. Sergio Romo, it, he has been not only fantastic the past week, he's been fantastic the past month. Julio, guess what his ERA has been in the last 30 games? 1.78. No, 0.9. Holy shit. <laughs> he's only given up. Yeah, yes. He's only earned three runs in the past 30 games. Only three. You remember when people were, like, calling to cut him, like, in May? Because he was yeah. just on an awful start. It's like, no, I just got to let. And Boma was saying is, like, you just got to let guys like him figure their shit out. And then, hell yeah, yeah. dude. Great call. And, I, yeah. you know, that was something we didn't really talk about, but I think we're in the same boat. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about it now. I'm going to talk about it now. So, okay. um, the last the last week, he's he has a 1.7 ERA. He's pitched seven games. He's given up five hits, only one run, ten strikeouts. I forgot how much of a strikeout, like, maniac he is, especially when that slider's working. Um, look, man, this guy was a closer on a championship team. He was a big piece, a role in on a on – a, Wait, no. Was he on? He wasn't on the Giants in 2014. I'm totally tripping. Um, I think he went to the – didn't he go to the Dodgers by then? Hey, uh, I'll fact check you. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, anyway, he knows how to win. He knows how to close out games. He was such a crucial piece of that that Giants 2012 World Series team. Um, he's reliable now. He's always hot at the end of, this, at the, end of the season. He's always hot August, September, um, and October. 
I think he, him moving him to the closer spot and then Lou to the to the setup man is the right move. As great as Lou has been, he's still young. Give him another year; he'll he can take over the closer role again next year. But right now, we need someone who we can we can rely on in the past two games. I mean, look, what's been the common theme of of how we've we've lost we've blown these bullpen um, these games in the bullpen, Julio? Two young pitchers taking over the game. Puck and and Trevino, like just the inexperience in those big moments, they just you know with those big crowds too, those sellout those sellout Bay Bridge series crowds, like that's the only that's that's the main like thing I can think of is just yeah we we need we need someone who's been there. Uh, uh, Sergio Remo was on all three championship teams for the Giants, and Lou Trevino is actually turning thirty in October, so. Oh, I could have sworn he was younger than that. I'm tripping. Yeah, dude, his rookie year was 2018. We kind of forget. He yeah. Was, remember how dominant he was that year? But um, no, yeah, I, that's that's why that's why I associated that. I didn't know that he was that old of a rookie. Um, but yeah, it makes sense. Uh, he had a minor role in 2010 though in the bullpen. He was on that team, but he, he had a yeah. minor role. Yeah. Plus Still got a ring for it. Bigger. All right. Last week, our essential tailgate tools. I went with Matt Chapman, and that wasn't good. He went three for 19, two singles, one home run two walks and a whopping 11 strikeouts uh, i was gonna suggest having him potentially start leading off or hitting second but good god his strikeout numbers this year are just off the charts so yeah. that's probably not let's the not best do that idea. yeah no dude i think Marte and harrison is the is the move those guys have been consistent ever since they joined the a's like uh, yeah, yeah i i i'm not opposed to it and lowry I think right a... behind him and then and then olsen cleaning up yeah and then Chris, you had Sean Manaya, who went four point two innings in his start. Uh, he had a hits. quality start, man. Like no. four hits, two earned. Yeah, he had a yeah, quality but a start. Qual- but a, a quality start is you have to go at least six innings. Uh, so like as the actual um, measure, like the stat, yeah. But no, like he had a decent start. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Well, he did. He did okay. He did. Yeah. Go- I, 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 okay. This is a, def- loose on the word quality. Don't take me too literally in baseball terms. Uh, I, I felt like he pitched well and it was a good, it was a nice quality bounce back to the shit show that has been the past couple, couple games. And, and, uh, you know, it just, it looked more promising. So, um, yeah, he got into some trouble. I think that's why he came out early. But, uh, um, yeah. yeah, yeah All right. So, now for this week, major important couple series. Really, this Yankee series is really going to determine um, who this team is going to be for the rest of the year. If they can at least salvage something out of it, then we still in it. And if we can take a couple games out of Detroit, then great. So my tailgate tool of the week, uh, Mitch Moreland to me is playing for his job more or less because of how hot Chris Davis is hitting. I think it's even if the number of lefty bats aren't going to be right, whatever it would be, um, you cannot avoid the energy that's coming out of there. And even though like Vegas is a hitter friendly park, um, Mitch is, it's really shown that signing has not been what it is. He's been clutch at times. I'll be real, but it's not when it's, it's not been as we thought it was going to be. I think this is the last kind of go around. If he can't get it together over this next week, that might be it, at least in terms of playing consistently. So, Mitch, come on, man, we're rooting for you. 
Especially if Chris Davis continues to just tear it up in AAA. Like, then you really have to consider it, and then you're just like, all right, it's time to time to change it up. That's a good pick. I like that one. Who we got, Chris? Um, uh, I am going to uh, pick um, – oh, my God. Why am I totally blanking? Um, oh, Lou Trevino. What the fuck? We just talked about my new uh, – Lou Trevino is going to be mine. He needs to bounce back, um, especially if they're going to keep him at the closer role, which they probably will. Um, and I have faith that he will get back to form again. It's nothing against him. It's just that like we, I feel like we need like reliable veteran leadership in that closer position, which is why I want Sergio Romero, but we need Lou to be back to form because we need to be able to rely on him in late innings in general, along with Andrew Chafin, along with AJ Puck, along with, uh, Yusmero Petit. Like we need those guys in order to make a playoff run first of all, and then be successful in the playoffs. So Lou Trevino, uh, I would say look out for him to have a bounce-back week. I feel confident in that. All right, Chris. Now it's your time to shine. You're going to get up in those poles. Let's what, what do you... get up in the – oh, fuck yeah, I'm going to get up in those poles, baby. Here comes kind the magic a... hour. Um, uh, let's update the polls. Julio. Well, not Julio. Audience. Are you nervous about Sean Mania's three-start skid? 60% of the audience said yes. 70 votes on that one. Pretty good. Scrolling up here. Oh, there's Steve again. Fuck Steve. He can fuck off. I hate that guy. Um, I love that Robbie chimed in with the four trains and teamed up with us to just talk shit on him. And I like how we had to text Robbie be like, hey, Robbie, help us out here. And he's like, I got you, bro. <laughs> All right. Who should fill the fifth rotation spot? 52% of the audience said Dalton Jeffries. Um, AJ Puck got 26% and Paul Blackburn got 22. Uh, Paul's been good though. So I'm pretty happy with that. Um, AJ Puck. I think AJ Puck's a long-term um, reliever like role, like, like long-term for his career. He's going to be a reliever. So I think we can kind of count that out. This is a good one. Um, not many people voted on this one. I felt well, actually a lot of people vote on this one. Sorry. Um, I felt very uh, frustrated after the White Sox series because I felt like we were robbed with the Seabass um, hit. I felt like we could have uh, tied that series up, and it kind of deflated us for, like, the last next – like, pretty much our team has been deflated ever since then. Um, so I put on a poll, were the A's robbed in this series? That was the White Sox series. 51% uh, of the audience said no. They disagreed with me, but you guys don't know shit, so fuck you. I'm the one who makes the polls. I'm just kidding. You were you were probably right. I was just very emotional. All right. Should the A's call up Chris Davis? 68% of the audience say yes. 149 votes on that one, Julio. Pretty good, right? I think we have one more. Hold on. Scrolling up. Oh. Given Lou's recent struggles and the team making a change at closer, who should it be? Sorry. That was a weird worded one. Let me say that again. Given Lou's recent struggles and the team making a change at closer, who should it be? 42% of the audience say Sergio Romo. Uh, Chafin got 39%. Who will? Yeah, I, I'm i not opposed to that because he's been pretty lights out. It's just I don't think he, he has. has a ton of closing experience. No, and I kind of like him in that setup role. It gives me confidence that he's going to bridge it. That was the last uh, one. He's going to bridge it to the ninth. So, um yeah, a lot of engagement. Those were the polls. All right, that was the the magic, the magic poll right there. 
The Magipole. Oh, oh, the Magipole. Oh, oh Magipole. Oh I'm going to call my penis that from now on. Oh, good God. All right. Well, you can, <laughs> you can call it that in Scottsdale. <laughs> All right. That's the end of the podcast. Last but not least, Julio. Let's go, Oakland. And let's have some faith. Good energy in the world. Still got to be. Get Ted Lasso poster. Let's Just use that magic believe. pole and we'll shove it right through the Yankees. Boom. Roasted. The Town Tailgate is an independently produced podcast. It is written and executive produced by this guy, Chris Madrigal, and my partner in crime, Julio Reynoso. It is sound mixed and edited by yours truly. Social media management and marketing is run by once again, my partner, Julio Reynoso. And a special thanks and shout out to my brother, Larry Madrigal, for composing and producing our theme song, as well as graphic designing our album cover and artwork. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Please tune in next week. Please subscribe. And last but not least, as we always say, let's go Oakland.